We're going to look today at a, at a variety of scriptures about the three enemies that we have to deal with. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We know. I talked to, who was I talking to yesterday? I was talking to somebody yesterday and um, I had, had coffee with somebody and they are just newly, have, they've just newly found the reality of their faith. They put their faith in Christ a year or so ago. But they were not clear about their salvation. And we were able to have coffee and he's prayed and he's sure that his salvation is secure now. And he was asking today, very basic question. How do you live as a Christian with the world going on around us? How do you deal with it? What do you do? I mean, mean, we're all still tempted by sin. We have the ultimate victory. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are still called upon to live like soldiers. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier or good soldiers of Jesus Christ. So we're in a war. The war has moved for those of us who are believers. Sin has been defeated. If you read Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, you find out that sin has no power over us. None. When you and I got saved, sin was beaten. It has no power. It has no sway over us. It has nothing it can do to us. And that means that when we choose to sin, it's because we've chosen to do it. Because sin can't make us do it. When I was young, back in the 60s, there was a... Ah, for the 60s, it was pretty um, questionable program on called Ronan Martin's Laugh-In. All right, anybody old enough to remember Ronan Martin's Laugh-In out there? All right, Ronan Martin's Laugh-In. And there was, at one point, every time somebody did something wrong, he said, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And that was always the excuse. Well, the truth is, nobody can make us sin. The world can't make us sin, my flesh can't make us sin, and the devil himself can't make us sin. But we're in a battle. And we're going to look at today, very, I just put a very simple outline. I wanted you to have a graphic that maybe you can imprint on your and as an image in your mind. We're going to give some more verses for this. But the enemies that we face, this is where our problems come from today. They come from the world. That's the world around us. All that's going on, the media and social media, all the kind of stuff. We have our flesh. That's what we still live in, even though we're saved. We still have to live in the flesh, right? Nobody here is is walking around without flesh. It's there. And the flesh, unfortunately, was not redeemed with the same extent as our soul or our spirit. Our flesh is still there. And the devil. So one word for each, and we're going to give you a lot more detail here in a few minutes, but I want you to have this imprinted. Mary did this up for me yesterday. I wanted you to have a simple image. You know how sometimes you remember things in your head? That's why you have a real simple image, okay? The enemy and the response. The world, the flesh, and the devil. What do we do about the world? We flee the world. We deny the flesh, and we resist the devil. Okay? We flee the world, we resist the flesh, and we deny, no, we deny the flesh, and we resist the devil. So, let's begin this. Uh, we want to start in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. What do we do about the world? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he, does, who, who, he who does the will of God abides forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our chance to be here together this morning. Lord, a small group of us here in the house. Others are watching online. Others will watch online later. Lord, but I pray that you might bless our time. Help us to see that we have a very real enemy to deal with in the world, the flesh, and the devil. Let us learn. Help us learn what we can do about those. Um, fortune, now, this, 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 this verse says that fortunately, this, this world is, still, is in the process of passing away. For believers, one day this problem is going to be gone. Because the world will one day pass completely away. We're not, but you know what the reality is? We live in this world right at this minute and we face it every day. You watch the news. Um, you look at your social media feeds. Uh, it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. You go to work. You hear jokes. It's just there. And it's there all the time. Now, according to uh, 1 John chapter 2, there are three aspects to the, of the world. There's the lust of the flesh, the lust of your eyes, Excuse me, and it's there's the pride of life. Way back in Genesis chapter three verse six, Eve saw that the fruit was good, and she began to lust after that fruit because she wanted the power that was promised. Uh, Jesus had the same temptation in Matthew four four when he was tempted to turn the stones into bread. We're going to deal with the flesh as its own enemy, but as part of the World, yeah, we're going to look at the flesh as it, as, in just a minute. But the, the 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 appeals to the flesh are in the world all around us. The world is always drawing us to sin through the lust of the flesh. Um, I I I shockingly believe it or not, I know you can't believe it by my fit physique and my trimness. I love to eat. I love to overeat. I love foods that aren't good for me. We finally got the triple cheeseburger at McDonald's in Ireland this week. And it came out Wednesday, and I was in the queue on Thursday for the triple cheeseburger. Triple cheeseburger has 511 calories. It has 1,500 salt grams. All right? That's more you're supposed to eat in three days or something like that. It has like two days of fat grams. But I love the double cheeseburger, and now I love the triple cheeseburger. Okay? It was amazing. If I had a bigger picture, I'd show you what it looked like. It was just unbelievable. I almost got beat up. Get in mind. That's a different story, though. I almost got beat up by a guy in the queue. He cut me off, and I, you know how you do? You respond. I kind of put my arms up, and the man got out of his car. Came over screaming at me. He cut me off. I responded, and he was going to come hit me. I'm glad CCTV was there. Anyway, but it was worth it. I savored every bite. I have to say, I have to tell her, my wife enjoyed it as well. But she's not going to get the triple. Anyway, I, I love I love food. I made two lasagnas this morning. I made a spicy lasagna, and I made a more plain lasagna. I love my lasagna. I call my lasagna Roger's world-renowned, best-ever, five-cheese lasagna. And we're having that when I get done here. I love lasagna. I, well, I all kinds of, and I do. And I had a high head heart surgery five years ago. I should know better. My dear father-in-law, 
had said something, he saw that, he said, I thought you'd know better by now. I said, Dad, I do, but I love food. We all have something in the flesh that appeals to us. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's sexual desires. Sometimes it's visual imagery that we've just, we, we'd like to have our flesh fed. The lust of the flesh. Then the lust of the eyes. Eve saw the flute, the, the flute. Eve saw that the fruit was pleasant to her eyes. It looked good. As we walk around, where our eyes are always drawn off to something else. There's the lust of the eyes. There's things that catch our eyes. A lot of times, fellas, now fellas, you know what I'm talking about here. You see an attractive woman, and if you're not careful, it's pleasing to your eyes. And if you're not careful about dealing with it, that world is going to drag you off into, into things, places you know your mind shouldn't be. All right? The lust of the eyes, stuff that looks good. And man, that triple cheeseburger looked good. It just looks so good. So I had the lust of the flesh. I had the lust of the eyes. And then I had the pride of life. I can't think of a way that triple cheeseburger fit the pride of life. But the pride of life is also there. We're proud people. Eve saw the fruit was going to make her wise like God. Jesus was tempted by, the, by, by, the, by, by his position to be elevated. The pride of life. So we have the, we have the world, the flesh, and the devil are all parts of... Well, the world of the flesh and the devil, but the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are all part of what the world throws before us. We've got to be on guard. We've got to beware. We've got to realize it's there. When I get up tomorrow morning, before the day's out, when I go for a walk, I've got to realize that the world is out there and the world wants to force me into its mold. The world doesn't like where we stand. And the world is just generic. It's our... It's our our generation. It's the world that's out there. And the world is always battling with us trying to live a godly life. It's always there. So the world is the first of the aspects of the enemy of how sin still affects us. So, how do we deal with the enemy? How do we deal with the world? You know, sometimes we can block it out. But I think the best advice for the world is we need to flee from the temptations of the world. The next time I drive by McDonald's and I'm tempted to get a triple cheeseburger, if I were wise, I don't go to McDonald's. Okay? Matter of fact, I don't even go to Tesco because Tesco is close to McDonald's. I flee from the temptation. From now on, Grammy's going to Tesco by herself. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. But man of God, flee these things, he says. Run away from these things. Pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love and patience and gentleness. He had just written to Timothy about all the things of the world that draw or appeal. He tells Timothy, run away. Get away from it. Next chapter, he also wrote to Timothy again. Flee your youthful lust. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who um, call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We run away. I like how Joseph dealt with a temptation. You know your man Joseph in the Old Testament? He was working in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife kept trying to seduce him. And, and, and she grabbed him one day. She grabbed his cloak. And she tried to seduce him. And he ran away. That didn't help him legally, but it did help him do the right thing. He fleed. He fled. Yeah, fleed. He fled. Fleed. Fled. All right? He fled the situation. 
he ran. I like, there's a Patch the Pirate song. The words are this. Oh, put on your running shoes, mate. Put on your running shoes. When sin comes knocking at your door, that's just what your feet are for. Put on your running shoes. Put on your running shoes. When the world is drawing us into sin, we get as far away as we can. Book of Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs chapter 7. He says, you don't even go down the... It talks about a harlot and her attractions. And the, 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 the Solomon writes, don't even go down her road. Stay away. Don't go places. If you can't handle Facebook because of the draws of the sin, then don't watch. Don't get on Facebook. If you can't handle a television, you know what? Don't turn it on. We know where our weaknesses are. We know if, if you have a problem, if you've been newly saved and you have a problem with a drink, you don't go to the pub. Alright? I've got nothing wrong with going to the pub for a meal. I've been with some coaches. We've had coaches meetings. and um, But if you can't deal with alcohol, you don't go to the pub. You don't go to a drinking party. You flee. You run away. There's not, sometimes there's a time to fight. But sometimes we just need to get away. So the first enemy we have to deal with is the world. But then we have the flesh. This enemy is a killer. Because we can't get away from it. It's always, always, always there. <coughs> Excuse me. Our flesh is always here. I can't take my flesh off when I go to work. First of all, how am I going to drive the car? I've got to live in this flesh. My body is here. It's always going to be here. And some of the Puritan writers, they wrote about our flesh as being this vile carcass. It's kind of like we're carrying a dead body on our backs and it's always, it's, it's a horrible thing. When you got saved, if you're, if you're, if you've truly been saved, when you got saved, your soul was, you were born again. You received a new spirit. You became a new man or woman, but you still have to live in the flesh. You're going to have the memories you had before. You're going to have the desires you had before. You're going to have the things you want. You're going to remember things. You're going to want them later on. You're going to look back at memories before you got saved. You're going to, you're going to, and your flesh is just always crying out. It wants attention. And we live in this flesh. We can't get rid of it. Let me read you. This is I, I, I'm just, just there's all there's just really one place to go. Oh, before I get that, there was an ancient political comic strip named Pogo. Now you'd really have to be old to remember Pogo. All right, it was these animals, and they dealt with all kinds of issues. Pogo said this. This is where the line came from. We have met the enemy, and he is us. Okay. Very profound. We are our own worst enemy. I want to take you to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. The classic place to go um, for, uh, for the idea of dealing with our flesh. We have the enemy exposed. I want you to hear Paul. Paul was one of the, maybe one of the greatest Christians to ever live. Um, fantastic missionary. Tremendous soul winner. Author. Theologian. Here's what he said. Paul says this in Romans 7. Now, Romans 6, he talked about being delivered from sin. Romans 7, he says, but despite that, he talks about no power of sin in Romans chapter 6. By the time he gets to Romans 7, he's dealing with this. And by Romans chapter 8, he has the victory because there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. 
But let me read you what Paul says. If you don't know this passage, you need to learn it. Starting verse, and um, let's start in um, verse 21. I find in the law, he says, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward. I, I really want to live for God. Anybody say that? I really, really, really want to live for God. I want to be faithful in church. I want to be kind and loving and compassionate. I want to worship God. I want to do my devotions. I really want to live for God. I don't want to get caught up in bad things. I don't want to go bad places. I don't want to do any of this. I really want to live for God. That's what Paul's saying here. I delight in doing God's word. I think about when we come to church, it's just a wonderful time. I think about doing my devotions. And when I do them, over and over again, God blesses me day after day after day. I delight in doing these things. But he says, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He says, there's something going on. I've got my head and my mind and my soul and my spirit, and they want to serve God. But then it's warring with my flesh because we have to live in this flesh. When we got saved, we became new people, but we still live in the old body. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, now, but before this, that's the, that's the wrap-up of this. He says in verse 18, For I know that in me, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I don't find. Here's verse 19. That kind of, this is the background for what we just read. For the good that I will to do, the good that I want to do, I don't do. But the evil I don't want to do, I do. Now if I do what I would not do, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Do you ever feel that way? The things I really want to do, I don't do them. The things I really don't want to do, I do. It's a war that's raging constantly. Paul says, how can I be delivered from this flesh, from this body of death? How can I do that? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. With my mind, I I myself serve the law of God. With the flesh, the law of sin. Boy, it's big, that's big stuff. It's, there's, 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 our body still has to deal with sin. Uh, there's all kinds of words to describe our flesh. It's rotten, it's stinking, it's filthy, it's vile, it's wretched. All of these and used in some of our hymns. We're called a worm. Um, <laughs> and um, was it... Which one? Which same Such a worm as I. Amazing grace, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for such a worm as I, our bodies are. You can't trust it. We can't. Love the, the feeling might be. Well, do whatever you feel. Do whatever you want. Do you know it's no problem. Just do whatever you want. Why would we do that? Our bodies are wretched. Then we have a wicked heart living inside them. Now, how do we do this? We deny it. Romans six, verse twelve and thirteen says this. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin reign. You have to deny the flesh that you should obey it in its lust. Do not present your members as um, do not your mem- don't, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Then down in verse chapter 18, the next chapter, For if you live according to the flesh, you die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the flesh. Uh, we read, we mentioned earlier, Romans 6, 1-11. We're not going to go back to that whole passage. But um, 
the the passage says the old well. Yeah, let's just read that to you. Let's go back to Romans 6. Um, We'll do verse 1 through 11 quickly. Paul says what he's written about grace. He's written about how wonderful God's grace is. When he starts in verse 1, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. I like the King James translation here. God forbid! No! No way! How should we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? <clears throat> Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we're called to walk in newness of life. Our old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed. He that has died has been freed from sin. If we're dead with Christ, we shall believe we shall live with Christ. Over and over again, we've died to sin. Death no longer has dominion over him. It's, it's, it, that the, the death that he died, he died to sin once, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Then verse 11 is the key. Reckon, Romans 6, 11, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I grew up in Alabama. I love the word reckon. I love the word reckon. I reckon not, or yeah, I reckon. Reckon means, yeah, I figure it out. Reckon is actually a, 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 um, a um, accounting term. Actually, he says you need to account yourself, realize the fact that you are dead to sin, but you're alive to God. Then you don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Uh, you should, don't, don't obey its lust. Don't present your members. But verse 11 is key. We need, to rec- we need to get it straight in our heads that the old man has no power over us. When sin comes knocking at your door, yeah, we run. But when sin comes knocking at my door, I can also say... You've got no power over me. I don't have to do what you're telling me to do. When the flesh says, Roger, go get that triple cheeseburger. I don't have to obey it. I have the power, by the grace of God, to not do it. I need to say no. I that has no power over me. I'm not going to do it. When we sin, it's because we choose to sin. So we looked at the world, which we flee from. We've looked at the flesh, which we deny daily. And then we look at the last one, the devil. We don't, nobody likes to talk about the devil. Um, not a very popular topic. One second. I'm still getting used to this idea of preaching off my tablet. Uh, the devil. What do, what do we do about the devil? Well, the devil. The Bible tells us. One Peter chapter five verse eight says this: Be sober. Don't be silly. You've got to be serious about this. Be vigilant. Be on guard, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, we've got to be aware. The devil is real, and he walks about looking for you to be in a situation where he can pounce on you. And attack you. Mary and I play an online game, and uh, and we were playing yesterday a bit. And these silly lions, I think these were actually cougars or something, but the same picture. These silly lions are everywhere. And lions, when you get too close to them, they're one of the animals that are going to jump on you and attack you. And I thought, I actually thought this yesterday. He said, Do you really have spiritual thoughts when you're playing a video game? Well, I did that once. Okay? <laughs> I thought about how much that's like the devil. We're walking along, minding our own business, trying to get to the next town or the next camp, and all of a sudden, boom! A lion jumps out of the bushes and jumps on us. 
going to mine a mine and boom, there's the giant or there's the lion jumping on you. That's how the devil is. He catches us when we're focused on something else. Um, and we can all get distracted. We're not even thinking about it and all of a sudden out of nowhere the devil comes and there he is attacking again. He walks about like a roaring lion looking for somebody to grab. No, I'm not going to grab Amy. That would terrify her. I was going to grab Amy as a picture. But that would have, But that's what the devil does to you. He comes along and all of a sudden, there he is. And you say, what did I do? How, what, how, what happened? But the devil is purposely walking along like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So what do we do about that? I mean, so how do we, we respond? Be sober, be vigilant. What do we do then? Verse 9 gives us the answer. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We resist the devil. Resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. Um, he's the one who sought God's throne. He, he rebelled against God. He tested Eve. He tested Job. He tested Christ. How do we deal with him? Simple. How do we deal with this? this how do we, what do we do? We resist him. We just don't give in. How do we resist? And there's the, ver- there's the verses back in verse 8. Be sober. Can't be frivolous about him. Be vigilant. Be on guard. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 18. Here's how you stay vigilant against the devil. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Because you know your labor is not in vain in the, in the Lord. Guys, we are not alone in this fight. Yes, we have the world to deal with. We have the flesh to deal with. We have the devil to deal with. We should flee the world system. We should deny our flesh. We should, we should resist the devil. You say, Roger, that sounds wonderful. But what happens when I'm really tempted by that triple cheeseburger? Okay? What happens when I'm really tempted? I have somebody greater in me than, he that's, than, than the devil. I have somebody in me greater than the world. I have somebody in me greater than my flesh. I think it's in first in one John, the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me that is in my flesh. Greater is he that's in me than Satan who wanders this world. We have the power through Jesus Christ. We can we can flee from the world system. We make choices thousands of times a day, maybe, not to follow the world. We turn away from it. We deal with our flesh over and over and over again every day. How do we do that? We deny the power of flesh. It's real simple. <clears throat> we have a choice to make. We are to walk in the Spirit and not walk in the flesh. When those decisions come, we choose by the grace of God to walk in the Spirit, to not follow the desires of the flesh. And when the devil comes, we always on guard. We never let down our guard. We go through this life constantly looking, watching for the devil to jump out and grab us. We still have the after effects of sin. Even those of us who have accepted Christ, even those who us have put our faith in Him, He's wiped out our sins. We're, we're heaven bound. All that's going on. We still have to deal with the after effects. Because our flesh, we still live in our flesh. The world's still out there. And the devil's still out there. We have to take treatments. I understand people who've had serious bouts with COVID um, have to do have to take special treatments and special medications. But we have those. We have those things. The world 
can't beat us. Our flesh can't beat us. The devil can't beat us. It's only going to happen if we ignore God and let those things have control. Amen. All right, we'll take some. We'll pray. Um,